Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. This is the third week that we have been doing um, prophecy and prophetic gift. Today, I want us to pull our minds and our hearts together. And the only reason why I'm saying this for this last part in terms of prophetic seasonings that we've been talking about for the past three weeks is we're going to be doing application. What I mean by application is all the things that God has been talking to us in the past two weeks. This is the third week. We are going to be praying about it. The thing I'm going to be saying at this particular time, please, if you need to go in and out several times, I will advise you sit right at the back so that when you are walking up and down, you are not distracting people. So that as we begin to go into this particular journey, you have the opportunity to walk with God the way you want to walk with God. The way you want to connect with him today, you have the opportunity to do that. Because what we have said on this particular topic today is activating our spiritual being. That means tearing the spiritual gift in us. That means all of us, both you and I, both young and old, have God's spiritual gifts deposited in us. So all what we need to do is to be able to connect to God Almighty. Is to begin to connect as we're talking. Please forget about anybody. I want your heart to be linked onto God. If you think there's a distraction, you can close your eyes. Your eyes. In your hearts, if you need to pray, just like Pastor said, begin to pray in your heart and in your mind. Please pause everything, every thought. Begin to pause it at this particular time. Begin to visualize that you are in the upper room. Just as it was said in Acts of the Apostles, that they were gathered. When they were in upper room, they were waiting in expectation. What are the expectations that you and I are waiting for today? Who did you come and meet here today? Who are you expecting from? What do you expect to get from him? Because with one and two, we have talked as it has been spoken in the word of God. We have spoken in terms of prophecies as it was said in the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets are different from the New Testament one. So I want us to begin to reflect on those words that we have shared during these past two weeks. And begin to talk to God that your spiritual being, the gift that has been deposited in you and I, that God should begin to activate it. And those that of us that is already activated in us, we want God to do more, more than we ever think of. So during the first week, I'm just going to make a quick summary. We talk about gift of prophecy. I said in terms of the Old Testament, we were speaking to, God was speaking to servants of God, which were the Israelites. Israelite is nation as a whole. He was speaking to them. 
in the Old Testament, God speaks to the prophets. He speaks to them face to face. He talks to them. They were able to do different things face to face. Prophets are sent. They were sent as specific to nations. He will tell them, if you look in terms of Elijah, if you look in terms of Elisha, if you look into Jeremiah, into Isaiah, he commissioned them for particular places that he wanted them to speak to, for particular nations that he commissioned them to. So in the New Testament, the new dispensation that, that was shown in Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, the servants are now called sons. That means in the Old Testament, prophecies were restricted to the prophets. But in the New Testament, we are now, just as you and I, have now been changed. We've been given the opportunity to be called sons of God. I'm not saying that we are prophets, because prophet, um, prophet is different from having the gift of prophecy, so that we don't get mixed up. All of us, we are God gifting. We have God gifting. So a lot of us will be wondering, how do you know I have this gift? How do I know God is talking to me? God is interested in talking to all of us in a language we understand, including young children, in a language you will understand in terms of an adult, in a language that people that are unbelievers we sort of say, I think I have deja vu, or whichever way you call it. Then we know that God is talking. As a young child, our children, if they are going to dream, they will, the things that will be explained to them in their dreams, it will be something that is relevant to them. If a child is dreaming now, if it's baby that the child watch a lot, that the child understand in terms of power rangers, they will see that in their dreams for God to explain to them. And if I am not a child, if I'm going to school, if I'm, I'm, I'm growing up, God will show things. Maybe God wants to communicate to me. He will show me playing with my mates in terms of maybe it's football or netball that I'm playing. God is talking to us. God is communicating to us as well. When we go out in the mornings, when you wake up, I'm not talking about you now in terms of even creating an environment for this gifting to come up. I'm just saying in terms of what was said in Joel chapter 2. Please, can we open our Bibles to that? I want us all to be engaging in what I'm saying so that you can be praying in terms of this. Because if we look into the Bible, when we see in terms of, before we read that Joel chapter 2, I just want us to open to this um to the Bible chapter, which is the verses I'll be looking at is from 28 to 21. But every word that is in the scripture is inspired by God. Because when we look into even Genesis chapter 1, it was a prophecy. He said, let there be light. It did not change. It was prophecy. And he said, there was light. That is why when we have the grace to come before God, I'm not talking in terms of coming to church alone. I'm talking in terms of when you are doing your spiritual altars. If you haven't had one, 
pray and beg God for the grace to be able to activate your spiritual altars from today as well in your homes in any way. Whatever you are saying, at times we just talk and say, ah, um, for the people that use a lot of bad languages in terms of you are speaking prophecy. You need to be very careful so that you are not prophesying the wrong thing into your light, into your life. Let there be light and there was light. Let us look into Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 21. Only it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all. Let's underline that. On all flesh. It did not say there to say it's only the righteous people. It's only the people that are obedient. It's only, he said, on all flesh. He will pour out his spirit on all flesh. That means there is opportunity for everybody to receive God because he has promised in his words. Because at times, because we are sinners, but we have been redeemed by his grace. So at this particular time, if I or you have a sin, or something is laying out to say, oh, you sinned yesterday, you just sinned before you come to church, you are not part of this. Begin to tell God that you have redeemed me only before I, before I give, before you were born. That means you have been redeemed. Begin to confess anything that is of sin now. Because he said in Amos, Zechariah, when he was speaking about Joshua the high priest, that he was wearing the filthy clothes. But when Satan, when he was judging him about that, God renewed him just as he's renewed you and I at this particular time. Away from those things that can be a barrier unto us today that may not let us receive or activate those spiritual gifts that we're talking about. Begin to tell God to remove those things, to remove those barriers that may debar us from activating or walking in the spiritual realm that we're supposed to be walking in. Because this promise to you and I is that afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He said your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Who are the sons and daughters? We are the sons and daughters. I know that we're going to be talking to, to be receiving Christ. They are the sons of that. They are the sons of God. That are no more servants. That are no more babies. But those that God is calling into him. That you will begin to prophesy. When we're talking in terms of prophesying, what are we talking about? We are talking, speaking from the heart of God. Hearing from God. The things of God. Only out. Only out. Only but here we are quiet simony or come. Because he is beginning to write everlasting in our heart at this particular time. So that nobody needs to teach you again. Because you will begin to create time for God Almighty. You will begin to reference with him. You will begin to create your altar and gather to be with God. And 
I receive vision. And also on my maid servant, on my maid servant. That means it's nothing like, oh, she's only the house girl. She's only the house elf. These are the Pharisees. These are the Gentiles. God is irrespective of nobody. He said he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. So that is where we need to be thinking that we're giving an open invitation. So also, if you're thinking, will I be able to hear from me? Will I be able to hear you? He said, everything God created is good. Just like before pastor started, when he came and told me that God told him to do a call to author, I just said, thank God. Because God is giving us the grace. He's starting from the nature of God. The nature of God, when he's talking about repentance, he's talking about his love. His love for us. His love for you and her. In terms of receiving him. He said, they act as somebody that is receiving the nature of God, which is love. If you look at 1 Corinthians, before we go into the gift itself, 1 Corinthians 12. So, this one still corresponds in terms of the Jewel chapter 2 we're talking about. So that the gifts, you know it's, it specifies some gifts that he gave us in that Jewel 2. There are some other ones there, here, that may not have been mentioned in that one. He said, he's giving the word of wisdom. That means in this place, in your own, at your place of work, you have extraordinary gifts that is distinct from everybody else. That is, at times, if there is a problem at work, when they're giving people tax, because God, because of the promise of God, I said in Jewel, He gives you the opportunity of deep wisdom to be able to solve that problem before anybody else. He gives people the wisdom. If I am a mechanic now, if there's ten mechanic in this road, He gives you. There should be an extraordinary wisdom that what other people are not able to resolve. The problem in a car that is broken that they've taken it to so many mechanics and they can't see it. God should be able to give you that wisdom as a child of God to be able to get to that problem. I am imploring on wherever each area that we are working because we're still talking about the gift that God in my field, what the eyes have not seen, what the ears have not heard, the kind of change that has not been done before in my field in this nation. Father, Lord, please begin to give me the wisdom, the spiritual wisdom that is distinct, that is different in my marriage, in my home, the spiritual gift that is different for me to live my life, for me to impact, because those gifts that God has given to us, it's not just about talking, it's not just about tongues, we are talking in terms of transformation, that our lives should be transformed, from destination A to B, from B to C. It should be shown in your life. They should be asking us, how are we doing it in the world? He said he gave some word of knowledge, divine knowledge, not just any knowledge. There is, there is knowledge of science. There is another knowledge that even when you have exam, 
You will dream. Once you've worked, you will dream of some of the solutions that you're supposed to have. You, there are some other knowledge, spirit of administration. In fact, of the gift that we're talking about, you will see some people that they are just gifted. Me now, I'm not an organized person, normally. But some people have been blessed in the church. They have spirit of administration. They put everything together. When everybody is still saying this, they will say, okay, this is the way we are going to do it. Okay, you do that, you do that, you do that. It's the gift that is in them, that is helping them to do that. Begin to pray. So is people at your workplace. Some people have been gifted in that place. Just like pastor has said, said to us in long time, sorry. I've said to us in long time, that some people, all they do in terms of supporting the pastors and prophets, and different evangelists is just carrying their back. But the spirit of God is in them. Because as they are carrying the back, God is doing wonders through them. As they are cooking in the kitchen, in a place, just as we see in Acts of the Apostles. Because we are not just talking about Pentecost today. We are not just talking about the gifts today. After the gifts, then what? That was why when Pastor came out and said, he remembered that today is evangelism that we're going out. God was saying the same thing to me yesterday. That how come after the thought of this session that we are going out is because he has equipped us. He has been preparing us. He has been asking us to relate to him. To activate our spiritual altar. To activate our beings. Not just at church, but in our workplaces. But in our life. In the nations. We, we, we always say, if we are going to inherit the world, we cannot do it in our four corners of our churches. It's impossible. You need to be out there, influencing spiritually, turning the place around, restoring, redeeming. And he said, to another by faith, by faith, we are activating what I'm saying now. Be activating your gift, be renewing. By faith, some people are gifted with faith. It's a gift. And he said we should desire to have spiritual gift. Desire means to pursue. Desire means to test. The more you test for it, the more you get more. In terms of faith, some people have the faith which we should learn to have as well. We should, should pray to have as well. Uh, if some people have the faith that when we say today, that today ends the ends tribulation in somebody's life, and so it shall be. Today, there will be no more sickness. That sickness that has been disturbing us for a long time, if we have the faith enough, that will be the end of it. The apostles. He said he will do more than the apostles. He said we will do more than him. And all these things cannot be done without faith. So when we go out and we're talking to people, even when we're talking to ourselves, in terms of taking the nature of God, I know we are not there yet now. I know about it, you know. But let us begin to strive so that our hand gets there. So that we can reach there. So that we can begin to activate this faith that we're talking about. 
so that when we prophesy over our children for the future, because you don't know the future, I don't know the future, but what I know, I know there is God in the future. When you begin to say to God that this is my daughter, this is my son, this is my, this, my family, in the future, I want them to be a good child. I want them to take over nations. We want them to see, we want to see them in the houses of parliament. We want them to be the best in everything. We want them to influence the world. You are talking it by faith. You are sowing a seed that is growing in them. Begin to sow seed at this particular time. Begin to sow seed when you have the opportunity that God, you are saying to us that you have given us the power, that you have given us the strength, that you are activating our faith today. Father Lord, I prophesy into my life, into the life of my family, into the life of my sister, into the life of my brother, about the faith that you are talking about. I don't have enough faith, but I know with your power, I know with your strength, that my life will never remain the same again. That that job that I am looking for, that that home that I am looking for, that that transformation that I am looking for, begin to tell God, I begin to bring all nature, all nature, all nature, all nature, all nature that is not of God, that needs to be in alignment with God, begin to bring it to God at this particular time. Because we cannot do spiritual things without spiritual principles. And when you are doing things with spiritual principles, you need to be thinking about the nature of God, which we are talking about, which is love. Only unto another working of miracles. How did the apostles work in miracles? Because they walk hand in hand. They walk after the Pentecost, they were together. They were praying together. They were sharing together. Every station, everywhere, if it's just to clean the table in the church that they've been assigned to, miracles and powers and signs were being done there. So, the application is, whenever you have the opportunity, either here or your place of work, if you come in the morning, if you are doing your instrument, if you are realigning things, if you are dusting the instrument or even trying, God, I'm using this as a faith and a contact to you. That when I start blowing this trumpet today for your glory, everywhere that this sound is going, every heart that is hearing this, let their life be renewed. Sickness begin to flee in their life. The song you have given me the grace to be singing today. God, you said when I say your word, it comes out with power. Your power should follow this song. Your power should follow this ministration. Your power should follow everything. And when I'm drumming, help me to drum with understanding. So that my drumming may be in alignment and synchronized with everything that is being done in this place. That everywhere that is silent, that's supposed to be active, it begins to be active for your word, for your name. So we begin to use this thing in terms of things that we do. Then we're talking in terms of discerning of Holy Spirit. Discernment is different. In terms of discerning, is a gift as well that you're giving. It's not about discerning in terms of tongues or interpretation alone that we're talking about. 
Somebody can be talking to you, and God can be laying in your heart and be telling you to say, be careful what you're doing. Or you wake up in the morning, you may want to go out. Something may tell you that the only way you can sort of know, because at times you'll be thinking, oh, is it me? I'm just thinking like that. Is it my head? So many times we think like that. Pray to God to say, Father, confirm your words. If it is you, let me hear your voice again. Just the way Samuel has done. When he had Samuel, 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 when God called him, he went to Eli and went and asked him, Father, are you calling me? That was a go back. When something comes into your heart, go back to God because you have the opportunity. He's our Father. We can talk to him. Go back to God and ask, Father, is it you that you're talking to me? Or is this just my mind? Because either you get confirmation from God or somebody else will confirm that same thing that you have been talking about and you will know it's actually God that's telling you. Then discernment, some are gifted in terms of gift of discernment, in terms of different things. When somebody is talking to you, they know that they are lying. They are actually lying. But it's not for you to go and say, oh, you are lying, that's a lie. You sit there, there is a way of presenting things that you help other people because we are not meant to bring each other down but to bring ourselves up and go together in God. Then to another different kind of tongues and to another interpretation of tongues, which we would have seen in our fold in terms of when we have the gift of tongues, when we have the gift of interpretation, which we have been talking about in the past um, three weeks in terms of those gifts. So, just as I've said, in John 10, 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice. It's quite important. That is quite important. Because if I am the sheep of God, if I am the sheep of God, which I am praying to God Almighty to begin to touch my life and my heart at this particular time, to be a sheep unto him that hear his voice, because at times, we are cheap of God and God is calling us. We are not even hearing. Because there are other distractions that we're being distracted of. And as a child of God, you have the ability to hear his word. Because his promise is there to you and I. So, as I continue to say that, in terms of whatever we are doing, there's impact of prophecy. There is impact when we prophesy. If we look into what we have been saying today, we've actually seen a lot of the spiritual gifts that has been displayed in today's service. We talk in terms of <coughs> things happen. Apart from God, talking in terms of Joel too, which we have opened before, when we start our service, that means if you want these things to be activated in us, as we said in Joel 2, you must have your own altar. Altar with God so that you can hear him when he's talking to you. When he's starting you off in the morning, when he's waking you up. Waking you up in the morning, 
He said, oh my God, why did I wake up today? It's Monday. <laughs> we start like that at times because of frustration. It's something that we're going to cultivate gradually. It's not something that we can do by ourselves. And that is why we need to start picking up his nature. As he said, in 1 Corinthians, because it's not everything that we read here because of time, 1 Corinthians 9, 14, they that proclaim the gospel should live of the gospel. That means our need, we know. We are the book that is being read. And if you are the book that is being read, if you don't have a relationship with God, it's a problem. If I don't have a relationship with God, even if I'm calling him, if he's talking to me, I won't hear it. Just like we have a relationship with each other now. If you see a stranger on the street, you can't just say, oh, yes, man. They'll be looking at you. Who are you? Who are you to me? That is, if you don't have a relationship to God, and it's only when you go to God, when there's a problem, that you run to him and talk, you may be on hold. Because your voice is not known anywhere. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows me too. So it is important for us to build that nature. To be able to activate this prophetic gift that we are talking about. And as we are talking about this prophetic gift, it is quite important for us to know that there is an environment that needs to be created as we are going on. And that environment can only be for us. We feel the environment in the church, when we start a service, when we're doing praises, when we're doing worship, you are staring up. You are staring up in expectation for God. When you wake up in the morning, when I wake up in the morning, I might staring up the environment for God. For God to lead me that day. For God to do wonders. For God to use me, either in my workplace or wherever. Am I steering the environment at all? In any form. So we need to be steering the environment up. So that we are able to hear God. And when we talk in terms of this environment, this sort of environment have been described in the Bible a lot of times. It's the atmosphere changes. It can be due through worship, through the word. As they are speaking the word of God, when pastor is doing preaching or teaching, when we read in the Bible, we saw things happening. Eyes are being opened. People were receiving their, they, they were receiving one day one day It's not that somebody is touching them to say, did they No. People were actually receiving it because they steer their spirit and connect. You are tuning your channel. It's like you're putting on a telly. You are connecting your spiritual being. You are connecting it to God. These kind of things can be described when we see our spiritually being used by God. If we read Psalm 45 verse 1, that is when you begin to feel when the environment is around, you feel strange. It's not the way you were feeling before. Just let me open Psalm 45.1. Psalm 45.1 is just describing 
is like a bubble within you. It's uncontrollable. When these things are happening, when we see people going in spirits, when God begins to lay things in your heart, you feel the joy. You feel the bubble. Has anybody seen that place? My heart is stirred by a noble thing. As I recite my verses for the king, my tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. Only my heart, my heart, that heart that you have posed to every other thing is being touched. That tongue that is saying in, Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, that talk that is saying that your tongue has been taught to receive is being touched by God. That hears, the same hears that you have and I have, the heart is being touched by God because we have silenced every other noise. We have put them on hold for God. Just as Paul said that my body my body is dying on a daily basis to the nature, to that bodily nature, to that bodily pride, to that bodily, to say, ah, I know it all. He said his body is dying every day. That means we are being dead. We are, we are, we are crucifying ourselves to those old things. Because when we're talking in terms of activating, it's not about just speaking in tongues. It's about your life changing. Nobody that knows you before should find the same person. You should be getting transformed gradually as you're speaking to God. Then if we look into another thing, is let's give an example of Moses. The Bible reference will be shared to us because I may not be going according to what is there. An example of Moses, he said Moses, when he went on to Mount um, Sinai, he was there for the first 40 days. We're looking in terms of we saw a spiritually going in trance, being with God. He's there for 40 days. He went another 40 days, making 80 days. He makes spiritual things become normal. It becomes normal to him. Because he has been transformed. He's doing the same thing, repeating the same thing in the front of holiness. You know when you start practicing things? When you start practicing, it becomes a norm to you. So we are advised, we are, we are beseeching ourselves today to say, pursue those things that we may cause become holy before him, become, that we help us so that we're not just a vessel because a vessel can just be used and thrown away. That is why at times you see some people, they say, ah, you just go in trance. The next meeting, minutes, they're doing something. You say, what? What did I just see? That person had just gone in trance now and they're fighting. We, we're talking in terms of a vessel. So that at the end of the day, our holiness is constant. When we're constantly practicing to be holy, just as Moses, when he stepped out, his body has not aged from what it was before during those first days. It's not normal. They said when Elijah 
when he was he was running faster than the chariots. How is that possible? How can your leg be faster than the chariot? It must be holy. It must be divine. Divine. Begin to beg God that God divinely begin to work with me. So that whatever I am doing, it will be divinely by you. It will surprise people that God, how, am I, how is this person doing this? But it's the spirit that is in them. It's what has been deposited in them to do things that they were not supposed to do as human beings. To break barriers. To take others to another level that they are not supposed to have done. Because when Elijah began, began to run, they said he ran faster than a chariot. Is it possible to do that as a human being? Possible. Is it possible? Because it's not that you have rings or something else is in you and you are not a paper. So we need to begin to pray that those divine things that have been deposited in us to do greatness, we God needs to begin to activate it in our life. When we are talking in terms of Peter walking on the sea, it was divinely. It was faith that he was walking it. He was not just coming in. When we're talking in terms of creating this environment, in terms of prophetic flow, communion with God is quite important. When I mean communion, I'm talking in terms of fellowship. We have to place ourselves in church to grow and flourish. If we look at Psalm 92, verse 13 to 15, Psalm 92. He said, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, if you are in communion with Him, not behaving like angels at church and something outside, because our body is the temple of God, you are carrying that temple everywhere you are going. Then, those that are planted, that are rooted, in the Lord. He said that we shall flourish in the cause of our God. They shall still bear fruits in old age. Begin to tell God that you should never be out of season. I should never be out of season until my old age. It's not just for five minutes. It's not just for ten minutes. It's not only for a month. I should never be out of season. I should be I should continue to bear fruits, fruit unto my old age. He said they shall be they shall be fresh. I should continue to be fresh in the Lord and continue to flourish, be renewed, to declare that the Lord is upright. That means through your gifting, you are showing to other people that this is the way of the Lord. This is the way we should be. By our application, by being the Bible, by living that word that we're talking about, it is all part of activating our spiritual gift. We should not just be signposts to heaven and just say this is the way to Yehuda and just be showing people. But ourselves, we should be part of God's way. We've spoken in terms of what are the purposes of prophecy? Which we spoke last week, we said, issue everything when you're trying to test in terms of is God speaking to me. 
Is it in alignment with what the scripture is saying? Is it edifying? Exhortation? Is it comforting? It's not that we say, oh, ah, like by the and but all along is seeing here. How do you expect that person to sleep at home? If that is the message you are leaving somebody with, to say they are going to die and that is it. It should be comforting. There should be a remedy in what we are saying. It should strengthen people. Longevity should be there. We should be flourishing from generation to generation. It should be about love, which comes back to the nature of God. All those gifts that we've spoken about, be it in Jewel, that we've spoken about, Jewel 2, 28 to 31, or the ones we've seen in Acts of the Apostles, it should all be about love that we're talking about. It brings us to that. The purpose of it is always to redeem the church. It's always to win soul for Christ. It's always about repentance. It's always about receiving God. In our mind, we can be thinking, you find God, when you find God, your life will change. All about this prophecy. If we look in Isaiah 52, 14, Because all this prophecy we're talking in terms, you have to look in terms of content, in terms of why we're having this. Just as there were many who were applauded at him, his, at him, his, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. Okay. And his form mad beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. Thank you. Those are some of the things that God does through his words to us. So when we're talking in terms of prophecy, in terms of activating a spiritual gift, let's look, be looking at the contents, let's look at the context, to what, when all these things are happening. Then how do we receive it? These prophecies that we are activating. Let's open our books to Habakkuk. Let's do Habakkuk chapter 1. In terms of when we're talking in terms of Baba, where we get there, let me, if you don't have it there. <laughs> let me open Habakkuk chapter 1 first. Read the first verse. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Okay. Chapter 1 verse 1. Chapter 1 verse 1. Chapter 2. This is the verse 2 now. Okay. Start from 1. He said, I will stand my watch. It's a green word. I will stand. That means 
there has to be an expectation as I've said. You have to create that time. This is him standing. Prophet Abakuk is standing. Is watching in expectation. Am I ever standing? Am I ever watching in expectation to even hear me? If I am not, I'm pleading and begging God that God give me the grace to be able to stand, to be able to watch, to be able to wake up early, to be able to meet you at night, only and set myself on the rampant. That is, is a deliberate act. You must be deliberate about activating your spiritual gift. Apart from the generic one of how to wear Missy Bugbare, all those ones. Those are generic. But for you yourself, to be able to activate your own altar, you need to stand and watch and set yourself on the rampant. And he said, and watch to see what is we say to me. Stay and wait and watch to see what he, almighty God, we say to you. Your father talks to you. Your mom talks to you. Imagine the almighty God. He has something to say to you. He has something that he needs to send to you. He has something that is deposited in you that is going to help you to activate, to do. But doing it better is you need to be in watch, in expectation, to see what he will say to me. And what, once he deposited it in you, just as he has said in the book of Revelation, he said, he opened his mouth, he heard the scriptures. And when he heard it, he said it was bitter, it was sweet, you understand? And what I will answer when I am corrected, because when he said in the, in the Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That means he will be directing you. He will correct you at a point. You understand? To say, when he's correcting me, what I will answer when I am corrected? And the Lord answered me and said. That means when you are waiting, when he's talking to you, he may be laying things in your heart. You may be seeing it like a picture. You may see it in your dreams. In your dream, somebody may be telling you about another dream. You may hear him. It's not like a big bam. Bam. That's not what we're talking about. Because some people are expecting a time when God wants to talk to We expect God to shout to us the way we shout at time. Ah, No. You will hear God in a loud voice. You will hear him when he's silent. You will hear him like an impression in your heart. You will hear him in his scriptures, which is pure. Is not by screaming. Is not by shouting. He talks to you. And he talks to us in different forms. When Moses met God by the burning bush, he was not expecting it. How can God talk to somebody in a burning bush? But that is why he's God. It's a scenario. He can talk to you. 
in poetic forms. There is a lot of poetic things in the New Testament when Christ is talking. He talks, he talks about another parable, about another parable. You see things. At times you are able to interpret it. At times you are not able to. But you have the gifting in you to ask for understanding, to ask for interpretation, to say, God, what does that mean? When he's talking to you, help me continue that thing. And when he is talking to you and I, he is giving instruction. The instruction is write the vision down and make it plain. Let's apply it now to what we see on a daily basis. Or when we are in church, when the trance is going on, when they are interpreting, we are writing it down. It's not that somebody just decided oh, they need to be writing vision down. It's scriptural. You are writing it down for a purpose. What's the purpose of writing it down? So that we are able, it's not about giving prophecy. It's about following up on those prophecies. It's about going back, reminding ourselves what God has done. Because it's the, all the things that God has done, if it's not written, we can't be reading it today. We are another application of God. What are you writing down? Apart from what God is saying to you, what behavior are you doing now that your children are watching, that you are writing down for future generation? Because it's all about writing. And when you are seeing a vision or you are dreaming something, that is why it's good for us to have a book by our side so that when you wake up, you won't say you've forgotten. You are able to write it down and make it plain. Simplicity, no jargon. Just the way you said. Because if you do too much jargon, people don't understand what you're saying. You get them confused. If you're talking to your child now, or at times, the way we're brought up is, why, um, what is it called? They say, mom, why, why were you dancing in church? Shut up, shut up, shut up. Why are you asking questions? The children are meant to be inquisitive because they need to know. If you don't teach them when they go outside, if they see other things, if somebody is asking them, why are you wearing white in your church? They don't know because we've shut them up. Shut up, shut up, don't talk. Why are you shouting out there? Shut up. We're still talking about our altars. Because you are activating not just the altar or the gifts alone. You are activating for future generations as well. You are writing, make it plain. Let it be simple. So that everybody that reads it can understand it. And he said, make it plain on the tablet. That he may run who reads it. What do I mean by running? That all those people that are receiving those words, those revelations, those prophecies that we're talking about, they may be able to change their ways. Just as the way they receive it in Acts of the Apostles chapter 2. He said on that day, when the Spirit gave them utterances, He gave them utterances. We're not talking that they learned the utterances. They did not learn the tongues. But the Spirit descended on them. He gave them utterances. They were speaking in tongues that every man that was there who was able to understand those languages, those tongues that were being said, it was marvelous in their ears because it transformed them. Those that hear it may run. They were transformed on that particular day that I could hear. How can you transform people now?
And when they are hearing it, it doesn't end there. Prophecy is more than that. They are running. They were able to go back to what was said in Joel chapter 2, 28 to 31. That they were glad, they wish that Joel that said that vision who actually saw those, saw the day on the day of Pentecost, that gift, that those gifts were being dispensated on top of people on that day. And it transformed them because they took them on a journey. At times we take people on a journey that they reveal because tongues is not for unbelievers. Tongues are actually for believers. But the difference is when people hear it and it is being interpreted and it breaks their lives down, he tells them about the past. He tells them about what is happening now. He tells them about the future. They are able to run. Those who are reading it, those who are hearing it, their life is able to transform from destination A to B. So those prophecies, those things you are hearing from God, those commandments, the reading is inspiration that you are reading from him. It's not just about reading alone. It's for us to be able to be transformed to another human being so that we run our race accordingly. And he said, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It's not every vision that is now. We have visions that is for appointed time. Just as the revelation of Christ Jesus, which was said by prophet Isaiah, how many years later did that vision come to pass? There are visions that are for appointed time. That is why you ask when God is telling you, I want to do a business, I want to do, I'll do this or that. God, is it now or is it in the future? If it is now, how do I go about it? I'm not talking in terms of, oh, I want to marry somebody. You brought three people to say, help me put it forward. And you've impregnated somebody. What do you expect God to say? <laughs> so we have to be sensible in terms of our request. He said in terms of appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. That means it's not ever every revelation that tells us now. Oh, because they, they say a vision to you now that, oh, they saw me, they saw you running companies, blah, blah, blah. And maybe five years time, I am still at Sainsbury, so. You say, ah, that is a lie. It's not about that. It's for an appointed time. And he's saying to us, but at the end, it will speak. That means the word which is being said is powerful. It needs to be doing something. The speaking needs to be doing something. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, though it may be slow, that is why he said those who wait on the Lord, they will renew their strength. Only one sariki, only wait for it, because it will surely come. It will definitely surely come. So if you and I today, some of us have spiritual gifts, it's not been activated yet. We need to pray about it to say, God, I am waiting. I know you said it's been deposited in me. 
Father Lord, begin to activate it. And if it's activated in you and it's not the way you want it to be, you want it to be better than that. Begin to tell God, in terms of the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding you've given me, I've only been able to use it in my house. I've only been able to use it in my church. And you said we're going to impact the world. You said we're going to take the four corners of the world. Father Lord, please activate it in my life. Let the time come. Let the time be that all this thing that we're talking about is activated in our life for this appointed time that we're talking about, that we have been waiting for, that we've been talking about for the past few weeks. When we're talking in terms of for the purpose, for the vision, if you want to read more about in terms of other people, other gifts that we've listed about that we've not been able to discuss up till now, in terms of people going in trance, in terms of people speaking in tongues, we will send the Bible references so that when you are by your own altar, you can sit, you can meditate, and go further with this. And in terms of when you are gifted, when you have the spiritual gifts, you need to sort of for sustainability. You need to have a mentor. You're, you have the Holy Spirit as your mentor. You have people that will have such gifts in this Bible. Look at such gifts. The characteristics of those people, they arise there for, so that you don't fall into the same thing. Read about that and talk to people that you think have such spiritual gifting. It's like you're taking your car for MOT every year. You are doing the annual checkup. You are doing the maintenance of those gifts that you have. So it is quite important that we develop all these gifts and activate it as we're talking. Because when we look into the nature of God, that nature is quite important in terms of application in all the spiritual gifts. He spoke about Job. When Satan was going up and down, if we read Job 1 verse 8, Job chapter 1 verse 8, I'm bringing us back to the nature of God. Because those are the things that helps activate our gift, even though we've gone to it. He's talking about Job. Job chapter 1 verse 6, we said, Verse 8. Look at it for me, please. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Please, can you look in between your mind, in between my mind, at this particular time? Can God say that about me? That have you considered my servant? Even though I appear in before every Sunday, every Tuesday, every day, can, can such a word be said about me? And if not, why? Do I want to get to that level and begin to tell God that God is a person, in Job is a person just like you and I, that God is saying, have you considered what characteristics has in God? What is in his CV that God is saying, have you considered my servant's job? What CV, what needs to be on my CV that God will say such word to me? Because I want him to activate the gift in me. I want 
to transform the world. I want to deposit this in people's life that we turn them into the kingdom of God with the activation of the gift he's given me. Have you considered my servant Joe? I trust my child. I trust my son. I trust my wife. I trust my husband. I trust the ministry. That that very ministry, have you considered those choirs? That when they sing in spirit, when their character matches with their singing, those that are blind will begin to see. Those that are dead will waken up. Because have you considered them? Those prophetic things that live a life of application, that their gifting is talking about the nature of God. Have you considered them? Have you considered that wife, that daughter, that I have placed in that house, that is standing in prayer, that is standing in gap for that family? Have you considered that husband, that my nature is in him, that is, is an upright person? Have you considered that person that I'm going to use as an example, at a place of work, have you considered Debbie? My child that works diligently. Have you considered him? Because of the gifts that are deposited in him. Because of that gift, he's using it with the nature. With my nature, which is love. The way he handles the meeting. The way he talks. Other people are wondering, what church, what God does that person start? Characteristics of God that Job had. Yes, ma'am. There is no one on the earth like him. Oh my God. That is a revelation. Okay. There is no one else like him. That is challenging. It's a challenge for us. There is no one. There is no one. There is no one. Abraham is friend. He said, will I do anything without telling Abraham my friend? Am I a friend of God? Will God do things behind me and not tell me? What relationship do I have with him? How am I using this gift that we've been speaking about for the past three weeks? Am I using it as an oppression? Am I using it as pride? Am I using my wisdom that way to shut other people up that I know it all? I am the all in all. Can God consider me? Can God say I am his friend? Yes, ma'am. Uh, there is no one on earth like him. Mm -hmm. He is blameless and upright. A man who fears God and shuns evil. Thank you. That characteristic is enough for us to pray about, to help us. Those are the ingredients. Those nature of God that we're talking, they are the ingredients to help us to nurture us, to sustain the spiritual gift that we're talking about, to nurture it. Because there's no point. If you look in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, what does it say to us? 1 Corinthians 13, start from verse 1. If I speak in tongues of hey, them, oh, dear, dear, little, little. That means if I have all these gifts, 
that has been lift, that has been listed in the book of Joel, chapter 2, 28 to 31, in the book of Acts of the Apostles, in the book of Ephesians, those gifts, if I have all of them, yes. All of angels. If I'm colonial like angels, but do not have love. If I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or only, a clanging cymbal. Only a leader being threatened, doing you and doing an empty barrel, making noise. If you have all these gifts, it's meaningless. If your character doesn't match any of this, it is meaningless. If I have the gift of prophecy, yes, and can phantom all mysteries, yes, and all knowledge, mm -hmm. and if I have a faith that can move mountains, yes. but do not have love, I am nothing. If I do not have love, is nothing. So all this gift that we've spoken about for the past three weeks, if I don't have love, if I don't love the person sitting beside me, if I don't see them as human being, if you love somebody, you do everything that will make them happy, isn't it? Everything that will make that person happy. If your love is making somebody cry, if your love is when they see you, they're scared, you have no love. If you love me, you show me your love through your behavior, through your acts, through your nature, because that is what God is saying. You can speak in tongues. You can talk about dreams. You can do anything. If there is no love in it, he said, it's useless. God will help us to give us the true love. To be able to see ourselves in the nature of God. To be able, so that our daily lives, just like the apostles, after the day of Pentecost, when they were impacted, just the way we are impacted today, they begin to do new things. Their life changed. Your life speaks of Christ. So shall our life from today begin to speak of Christ. Begin to show Christ. So with our behavior. So with our heart. So with those gifts that have been deposited in us. Begin to see in us that we will not rest until we will display it. Until we act it. Until we will use it to transform our lives. Until we use it to begin to transform others. Until we take people from destination A to B. Until we are doing God's will. Until we are talking about repentance. Until we are receiving God. Not just the baptism of repentance. But baptism of the Holy Spirit. That we are talking about. Until we are able to sustain it. Sustainability. In this, only, in this spiritual gift that we are talking about. In terms of creating our own altar. Altar in our life. We'll be resurrected today in the mighty name of Jesus. Altars in our family, in our homes, in our country. We'll be resurrected today in the mighty name of Jesus. All obstacles that have been in our way, that we've not been able to stand still, that we are out today, we are called tomorrow. God will put an end to it in the mighty name of Jesus. We shall never be out of season. I will never be out of season. You will never be out of season. Your home will never be out of season. Your church will never be out of season. Our life will change. My life will change for his glory, for his knowledge, for his anointing. And when we look at a day like this, at this week that wasn't planned, 
that God has done it on a day, that the third day is on the day when we are talking about impartation, when we are talking about activating, God would have turned us into a new being. This time next year, this time next month, we too we will be able to be saying that the altar of God, I am the gatekeeper. I am the reference of God. I am the reference point. People can point to me with their spirit down. Say, definitely, the wisdom that person is using at our workplace. Can she? Can you tell me how you are doing it? Tell me, sister. How come your work is different? Tell me. How come you are delivering that way? Tell me. How come you are speaking that way? Tell me. How come you are teaching that way? Tell me. How come you are prophesying that way? That our life will change, and it's not just us. We will begin to build altar in our children. Children born and unborn yet. Generation yet to come. You will begin to speak into their lives. You will begin to prophesy into their life. Just as you have the grace. Just as our parents would have had the grace. When we were young, they used to sing this song. Angele will. It was a prayer. When you are singing to God, it is prayer, it is spirit, it is life. When you come to church or when you have the opportunity to sing, sing with understanding because you are praying. When the Bible is being read, it is prophecy into our lives. When the word of God is going on, it is prophecy into our lives so that we are able to receive it because it comes to pass. As I bring this to an end, let us remember what we have discussed in the one, in summary, in terms of the introduction we did, because we've spoken a lot about prophecy, difference between the old prophets in the Old Testament, the new, the new dispensation in the New Testament. We talk in terms of the functions of prophecy in the second week, in terms of the purpose, why. We've spoken today about activating a spiritual gift in terms of creating an environment, activating the altar of God for our spiritual flow so that we grow from strength to strength. Then we talk about things that will enhance it. Enhancers are the environment that we're creating for it. Enhancers are our behavior. Enhancers are our daily connection with God in terms of finding time to talk to God. Those are the enhancers. Then sustainability. Is bringing herself and renewing herself before God all the time and communion with other people and aligning ourselves because you need to stay connected to those that are walking in the way of God because we want to go from destination A to B. So that is the conclusion of these three weeks of um, prophecy that we've been talking about. I have just two questions from last week. Somebody asked a question. I'm going to bring it to that before we pray. They said, why do we need prophets if God could just speak to us directly using the Spirit? It is a question, one of the questions that they've, they've written to us. Why do we need prophets? I expect us to be able to answer it because Pastor Barry has spoken about this about maybe the first week? Last week. Last week. So why do we think we need prophets? If all of us were saying, 
oh, we have the gift of this, we have the gift of that. Why do we need prophets in the church then? What do we think? Pastor Bayer is going to join me on this because it's three weeks. It's three weeks for us to conclude this. Amen. Because Pastor Bayer will reiterate himself since we have not asked Why do we need prophets? Hallelujah. <coughs> I would point out a couple of things. There are people who are, see, a prophet, the office of a prophet is an office. And there's a difference between someone who has gifts and someone who stands in an office. Why do we need teachers in the, in the body of Christ when everyone of us can read the Bible? They mentioned something, they mentioned something, the, um, the gifts of faith and faith. Everyone has faith. But there are those that operate in the gift of faith. If you see someone that operates in the gift of faith, they can have unbelief just a moment ago. Once that environment changes, they do what you never imagine that they can do. Somebody can become in having a sword to kill anybody. It's just like somebody will enter spirit and they'll be shaking. The person with the gift of faith automatically just then stand up and go straight to that person and take that thing away from their hands. After that moment, they can become a jellyfish. <laughs> that is the gift of faith at all. So also, when you have prophets, there are things that you cannot do because you are not in that office. Prophets have the grace to prove and to build. People who have gifts do not have that authority. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Prophets can, are expected, according to Ephesians chapter 4, they are expected to impact people. A prophet can come into a place and stir up gifts in people in a, in a particular place. Even those that don't think they have. I'm not saying all prophets do, but they have that opportunity within that office. But you cannot see somebody who has a gift. It's going to be, except that person has an element of prophetic calling that is not seen. But that's why the Bible calls that the prophets go there and they equip. Okay, let me put it this way. A prophet deposits a part of them in you. So that when you leave them, you have that prophetic sense inside of you. So that's why the Bible says they are called to equip saints. But somebody who's just speaking in tongues cannot deposit part of them inside of you. Does that, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you, the question is that why do we need them in the church? One of the things that you need them in the church is that their role is generally efficient at all to equip. The Bible never said that people who have gifts, the people who have gifts build the church, that's what it said. But prophets, pastors, or whatever it is, they keep the saints. I don't know if that helps anybody. Yeah. Amen. Sorry, Matthew. The next question that was asked is Can people in trance hear themselves when they speak in tongues? Yeah, I think it's a 
I bring to your table? Can people interact? These are questions though, that people have, these are questions that people have sent to us two weeks ago. So uh, 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 please let me <laughs> let me put some uh, uh, please are you telling me you can um, test you can advise because it's a bit tricky. Because that does not mean that because they can hear, that does not mean that they begin to, to they are not dead while they're in trance. They can hear you. That's why at times when they say that, when you begin to talk, say things that are irritating to them, they would, because they are human beings. If you say that, you begin to, you don't help them. Because they can hear what you say. Obviously, there are there are times where they get to a point where they cannot even control themselves. But most of the time, when they're in front, they cannot control themselves, but they can hear you. When I mean they can't control, they cannot necessarily now begin to change what they are saying to now reply what you just said. You get what I'm trying to say? But they can hear you um, clearly. And I've seen places where it's been done very, very badly. There was a time on the mountain, somebody was in trance, and the woman was praying too long, and those band said, Bamini Sale. <laughs> and she came out of the spirit, packed her bag. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, look, hello, I'm calling. I packed her bag, but I was like, what just happened? Exactly. That, that was the word. What just happened? And they took her back and they went. And everybody was just wondering. <laughs> you see, that's why you have those manifestations, extremes. But most of the time, it helps them. That's why when you're praying for them, they can follow you along while you're praying. That's why when you're singing to them, with, not to them, you're singing, they can connect their mind together with that soul and see that they can move from one level to another. So when, when, what happens when we're singing? When you're singing, you're stirring up the environment. As soon as somebody's in church, you're stirring up the environment. Also, you're giving them the opportunity to lift themselves up. I don't know, to stir up themselves. I don't know, any degree people. <laughs> Emma? Okay, okay. Is Hallelujah. Amen. The garment is a uniform that is accepted in the, in, in the community. You cannot become the police force now and say, I want to be wearing boxers to walk. <laughs> you, you get what that is. So, but does your garment that the question is not 
you, if you're a CNS person, you wear the garment because you are part of the fold. But your garment does not qualify you for heaven. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, what, why, one of the reasons why the CRS would wear garments, white garments, is the transfiguration. When Jesus went to the mountain and they transformed. It is what, the best definition I've had about it, it is a representation of what is inside us. That means we are, I'm not saying everybody that puts on black have black, right? But we are identifying. Where we have kind of let ourselves down a bit is that when the church started, one of the things the founding fathers wanted to stress was unity. So no matter how rich you are, you wear the same thing. So there was no difference of levels. But now, you can see, that is why even in the beginning of CNS Church, there was only one kind of garment that was allowed, one quality of garment that was allowed, they call it two, which is the cheapest you can buy. So that means that CNS never allowed people to be wearing um, patterns and things like that. It was lace or whatever the, the, the theme is because the, the purpose of it is so that nobody can feel out of place and we can all come to, even if I'm a general at my workplace, as in a, a military general, I, when I'm coming to work to church, I am wearing the same thing the cleaner is wearing. That is why in the CRS fold, the first thing they call you is Alaga. Everybody in the CRS fold is Alaga. That means, so there is a place of respect for whoever it is that you are in. Unfortunately, we are where we are. That's why when you see most of the Malade's pictures, you will never see him putting on extra or whatever it is. Because he wanted to be seen as every other person in the fold. An example where we would take it from there is Jesus. If Jesus could dress specially, when they came to come and meet him, they would not say which one is Jesus among you. But the fact that they had to ask Thomas, show us who Jesus is, simply means that he was dressed like any other person. They, they could not identify who he was. If he was dressed like a Pharisee, you don't need to, they will say, that is the person you're talking about. And the body of Christ has kind of moved away from those values that you can differentiate who is who by what they were. Does that help anybody? Yes. God help us. Amen. Those were the three questions left. So we're going to go into prayers now. So I will implore us to start connecting with God. Let's get up. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.